We are grateful that you are joining us for another episode of the AgView Pitch as we know that your time is very valuable. Our team at AgView Solutions is always here for you for any questions or comments that you may have. Please feel free to reach out to us at cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. And now, here is your host, Chris Barron. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the AgView Pitch. And we're going to have kind of a unique topic today, but as you can see probably by the title, we're going to talk about the most important piece of equipment on the farm. And so uh, once you figure out what that is, um, hang with us. Do not go anywhere. This is probably one of the most important podcasts that we've done to date uh, with respect to your most important piece of equipment, but also the most valuable piece of equipment on the farm. And so with that said, first, I want to introduce our guest, Chris Dunn from Independence. Chris, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I appreciate you coming here today to uh, be our resident expert and uh, talk a little bit about our most important piece of equipment on the farm. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody what that is here now. And that is your body, right? And so a lot of times people um, say, you know, oh, well, we got to check the oil on the tractor or we got to you know, it's time for an oil change. It's already five hours over and the farmers are going crazy because, you know, that piece of machinery needs service, right? It needs to be taken care of. It needs to be power washed. It needs to be cleaned up. It needs the oil change. It needs the transmission oil changed. You know, it needs the the tires rotated on the semis or it needs the clutch adjusted or whatever. And we do a great job on those pieces of equipment. Um, Talk to me a little bit about uh, about your thought on that. Um, as far as farmers, you know, we really do a good job of maintenance on our, our actual farm equipment, our semis, our trucks, all that kind of stuff. But the body is a pretty important p- component, isn't it? It certainly is. I mean, and I appreciate you having me on here today. Um, but, yeah, I'll say that a lot of times when you get wrapped up in the day-to-day operations of any kind of a business, it's easy to neglect some of the fundamental things about yourself, um, mm-hmm. including your physical, emotional, and mental health. So right, excited to be here today to share yeah. some things. Well, let's introduce you. So you are the owner of Iowa Strength. And so Alyssa and I just started going to your gym here, what, uh, I don't know, a month ago? Yeah, about a month ago. Yeah. So we're recording this in the middle of July Um, and again, we're going to talk about some super important stuff. So hang with this thing the whole way through. Um, you know, so you are the owner, so you're also an entrepreneur. So you've owned Iowa strength, the, the, you know, it's basically a nutrition store and a gym, right? Correct. So, um, and eight and a half years, you said, yep, that's right. Okay. So let's get going here. So what we're going to talk about, and, and you and I talked a little bit ahead of time, we're going to kind of hit on the, the kind of the six key things that we need to pay attention to when we think about the most important piece of equipment on the farm, which is our body. Okay. So we're going to talk about safety. We're going to talk about nutrition. We're going to talk about sleep. We're going to talk about controlled exercise, not just carrying buckets of feet around or carrying a tractor weight or whatever. That doesn't count. And we'll talk about why. Mental health and longevity. Those are all things that I guarantee you is very important to all of us. You know, um, you know, we, we all work pretty damn hard. I can tell you that, you know, you know, as farmers, that's what happens. And, you know, you were in a farm family, so, you know, but, um, 
you know, so let's, let's start at the top part of this. Um, so we start working hard on ourselves and not just in the business or on the business, but we need to start working on ourselves. So let's hit safety first. Um, any comments on safety, you know, or am I throwing you a, a wild card here? <laughs> a little bit of wild card. Um, so, I mean, safety wise, so it's from my perspective anyways, not having a whole lot of farm experience. Well, you can talk about it from the gym too. Yeah, from from the gym is, is certainly uh, um, a necessity 100%. I mean, if, if you aren't properly doing a, a movement correctly or you you know you, you aren't experienced enough to be doing something correctly, you, not only are you putting yourself in jeopardy or at risk of injury, you're potentially risking um, hurting someone else, mm-hmm. um, damaging equipment, um, property, and things like that. So, well, you know, as farmers, we're we're pretty strong. So we just bend over and grab that hundred pound tractor weight and just pick it up and carry it off to one side or whatever, and it's it's no issue, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, definitely just just bending over or carrying something lopsided uh, is. Although your body may be used to doing that correctly, if you continuously just just hunch over or bend over without maybe thinking through movement accurately or correctly, then it could possibly result in long term mm-hmm. you know, damage to your muscles or your you know your skeletal skeletal structure things like that. So what about like as farmers? You know that's one thing that I see with a lot of our clients, we see a lot of hip surgeries or hip replacements. We see a lot of knee replacements. We see a lot of shoulder surgeries, you know, oh, I fell or I picked this up or I pulled against this. And, and, you know, just for a lack of a better way to put it, I effed up my shoulder. I did this, I did that. You know, there's a lot of things that are injuries on the farm that are either subtle or major well, you know, and then when you start thinking about, you know, breaking a piece of equipment, we're all really careful with our tractors and our tillage and our planters and our harvest equipment, but sometimes we're not as careful with our bodies. So I think that's, that's one of the, the key things, you know, any comments on like repetitive lifting or things in your experience from a, from a weight, from a gym, that's things that we need to pay attention to with joints and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And just that repetitive work over and over your body kind of can start to deteriorate it may not be recovering correctly or properly um and i like to kind of call it getting rammy with things i've i've done it before either you know working on cars or doing different things um where you get frustrated or you're in a hurry and you try to grab something just jerk it and and just kind of get the job done as fast as possible but you know not only could that damage your equipment but it could damage you Mm -hmm. um so um definitely trying to work on um effectively Work effectively um, to stabilize and strengthen your body, not just like your shoulders, but your hips, your knees, all of your joints and muscles, mm-hmm. um, and try not to overuse or overwork them. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's you know, I, I kind of had nutrition and sleep next, but let's go to controlled exercise next. So we'll, we'll hit on all of these. That was, that was kind of a, 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 a small conversation, a little bit around safety, and I just think we have to bring that up because as farmers, we... Uh, cut corners once in a while. We try to do things like, like you said, a fast way or whatever, but, um, let's talk about controlled exercise for a minute. You know, um, a lot of farmers listening to this, the older ones in particular, maybe not just picking on the older ones. Cause I know some older ones go to the gym every day, but you know, number one, well, I don't have time. 
you know, I don't have time to go to the gym. That's, that's stupid. You know, I get all kinds of exercise at the farm, you know, or, you know, I, I don't want to, it hurts and I don't like it and I don't want to do it. Um, what are some of the benefits? I mean, we talked about a few of those. Um, what are some of the benefits from coming into the gym and why should, why should we? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, you don't even necessarily have to get a gym membership to be active or healthy or take better care of yourself. It could be as simple as, you know, going on a 20 to 45 minute walk every morning or every night. Mm -hmm. It could be, um, just, you know, stretching or doing certain home exercises with body weights. So at the end of the day though, it's, you know, 20 minutes to an hour out of your day Mm -hmm. that you're, I don't have that much time. (laughs) find it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone can It's devote. an excuse. Yeah, it is at the end of the day. And, and you know, just, just, just to be blunt, it's, it's an excuse. So mm-hmm. everyone can take 20 to 40 to 60 minutes, um, out of their day three to five times a week. Right. It doesn't even have to necessarily be every single day that you have to get in some sort of activity. It doesn't have to be overly strenuous or rigorous. It, it most farmers or most business people aren't going to try to be, uh, an Olympic weightlifter, a powerlifter, a bodybuilder that they have to put their cells through their body through the ultimate test to be continuously breaking down the muscle, um, trying to grow and trying to get bigger. It's just about keeping the joints properly lubricated, keeping mm-hmm. the joints safe and healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And by doing that, you want to keep your, at least the current muscle mass that you have, mm-hmm. if not maybe gain a little bit of strength, not necessarily mass or size. Mm-hmm. So if you, all of us getting older, if we continue just to go down the, the path where we're going, not exercising, um, having poor, poor habits and things like that, your body will deteriorate. Right. And having more of a labor intensive job, it will deteriorate a lot faster than what the average person will. So you have to make, take, make the time to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And when we were offline, some of the things we talked about is, you know, you mentioned posture as one, you know, as, as, you know, and, and farming is different now for a lot of the younger people that are listening to this. We don't do as much activity. I mean, 90% of the stuff we do is sitting on our ass. Literally. I mean, we're sitting in a tractor that's auto steering and we're sitting there eating cupcakes and and ho-hos as the tractor drives us across the field with a variable rate prescription. And then we get out and we turn a switch on an auger to fill the planter with seed and then we might in the wintertime, you know, carry some, you know, tools around and do some things and be somewhat active, but there's no consistency to that. And then, you know, talk about like posture. What happens if you're not exercising as we age and we have muscle atrophy? I mean. Yeah, I mean, as, as you continue a sedentary state, the body will start to ter- deteriorate or atrophy or break down. Um, Basically, if you're not using it, you will lose it. Mm-hmm. So you want to continue to force your body or not necessarily force your body, but to stay active to at least keep and hold on to what you have right now, mm-hmm. if not even improve your quality of life. Right. So, I mean, outside of farming, a lot of us have other hobbies or things that we like to do, go on vacations, whatnot. But if you redu- continue to stay in a sedentary state and you will decrease your your the amount of uh, like activity that you can do or your quality of life. So mm-hmm. then that will directly interfere with um, any, any, any of the hobbies, the amount of time you can spend with your family, 
um, your spouse, your grandkids. Mm -hmm. So it it doesn't directly impact you, it impacts everyone else around Mm -hmm. you as well. Yeah. Well, it's that. And then, you know, like you said, just the the muscle atrophy, as we get older, we're going to lose muscle. And, you know, I'll be 56 this year. And that's one of the things that, you know, I think that why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place is because we all are not getting younger. We all are getting older. And as you get older, you lose muscle mass, you lose your, your posture will go away if you don't work on it. Um, your, all of those things, your strength and all of those things will go away naturally as we age. Yep. That's correct. And another thing to keep in mind too, is bone density as Mm -hmm. well. So continue to stay active, stay on a healthy diet. And I know we're going to kind of touch base on that a little bit here as well. Um, but also, I mean, bone density can have a direct correlation on the health of your joints. Mm -hmm. That can be where we see premature deterioration of joints. I I personally have had a hip replacement at a very young age, so I know a lot about that. Oh, fine. Um, Sure. (laughs) Um, So with with that though, like, you know, when, when the bone density starts to decrease, that could cause excessive wear on joints, cartilage, whatever as well. Um, you know, excessive breakdown, reduce again, the Mm -hmm. quality of life. Um, it can also reduce the amount you can work, work in your business. Mm -hmm. So that affects your income that might require you to hire more help or employees as -hmm. well. So it has a direct impact too. And then, I mean, if you have to have, uh, any kind of surgery to repair any, any, any kind of injuries or, or think anything like that, then that's that much more time off that you have away from your, your farm or your business. And, Mm -hmm. And everything else. So. so, so let's let's carry this now into what's probably the most important part of the of the discussion here now, which is nutrition. Okay, so um, you know we said that offline here a minute ago. You know we're going to talk about exercise and and the importance of keeping the most important piece of equipment on the farm functioning well. Well, part of the functioning is nutrition, and and I'm going to throw a couple things out there, and then you you can sideswipe me or, or, or add to this, but we eat a lot of refined foods as you know, and I'm not just picking on farmers and picking on everybody in, in the society. You look at a picture of people in 1970, um, doing anything. I don't care if they're watching the, a, you know, a rocket takeoff or if they're standing in a beach or if they're just standing and it's a picture of a bunch of people and then look at a bunch of pe- a picture of a bunch of people now. And a high percentage of us are obese and overweight. And with all love and respect, that's just a fact, okay? Um, There's a reason that's happening. And if you look at the amount of refined foods that we eat, instead of eating whole food, like, you know, I mean, good quality meat, um, good quality vegetables, and not Twizzlers probably, you know, and Twizzlers is probably, you know, that I thought, I used to think that was a food group. You know, I mean, I ate so many of them. I think my, my skin was red some of the time. So, you know, back to the nutrition then, I mean, if that's 80% of the thing and we're eating all these refined foods, um, what do you, what do you see to get results in the gym? If, if somebody's coming in and eating sugar all the time and bread and all that kind of stuff, all those high, high glycemic carbohydrates, What's that do? You know, do you get anything out of the gym when you're just eating all that crap? 
maybe a limited amount. Um, okay. A lot of people have the the stigma that you can outwork a bad diet. Oh, I'll. Th- th- you'll hear people say, "Oh man, I really just tied one over out this weekend. I I need to get back to the gym on Monday and hit it hard." Well, truth be told, if you have an excess of two, three, five thousand calories over the weekend, that's probably the amount of calories you're going to burn in the gym in a week. Right. Let alone you know two days. So. It's, it's really important to make sure that you're putting in good quality food into your body. I mm-hmm. mean, in my, in my personal opinion, if you want to you know, enjoy a meal here and there, by all means, go for it. Just don't make it a habit. Mm-hmm. Putting in refined sugars or processed foods and things like that, um, any of these convenience foods is what I usually call them. Um, at the end of the day, it's just poor quality foods that your body is just going to blow through because it is a higher glycemic or faster digesting carbohydrate mm-hmm. um, or... Any, any kind of food like that is just going to be processed a lot faster. It's going to um, increase your insulin sensitivity if you're a diabetic or have any other, pre-cond- uh, any other uh, medical conditions such as a hypertension, high blood pressure. It could in- spike that. Mm-hmm. Um, let alone if you know, a lot of those processed foods are higher in sodium, again, increasing blood pressure, um, or also are higher in fats. So mm-hmm. your body basically store extra storage of fats um and it's just all all around it's just well there and there's a difference in sodium too you talked about like you know like when you eat clean in other words you're eating a lot of vegetables and you're eating a lot of good good meat you know steak and pork and chicken and whatever i i could live on pretty much live on steak but you know if you're eating all those good quality meats and you're eating a lot of vegetables you actually need the salt though right yeah absolutely so if if you're in uh, you know maybe a, a state where you're hyperactive where you are working out vigorously you have a great healthy nutritious diet you're very well hydrated your body is going to require sodium mhm um so the sodium is going to shuttle most of the nu- nutrients and water into your muscle cells and throughout your body to help with recovery nutrient portioning and things like that. Mm-hmm. So sodium is actually incredibly good for you as long as your diet, your hydration and um, your activity level is in check. Unless you're eating a lot of salt with a bunch of refined yes. carbohydrates and, and a bunch of fat with it. Uh-huh, exactly. So you get, so, so you eat pancakes a big stack of pancakes with a whole pile of freaking syrup all over it. And then you have bacon with it. Yeah. Kind of as, a, as opposed to if you have, you know, sit down and eat four eggs and some, some clean, good quality bacon, not junk bacon, but good quality bacon and keep the carbohydrates out of it. You just, you just consume some pretty good fat and some pretty good protein and then maybe throw in some carbohydrates a little later. I mean, there are some timing things to a lot of that too, isn't there? Yeah, there, there definitely is. And and so, I mean, and I know, Chris, you're really big on keto mm-hmm. um, as well. So, I mean, and even just making sure if, if you do want carbohydrates, try to stay with the pancakes. I mean, maybe, maybe a good quality potato or a sweet potato or a yam that's a little mm-hmm. bit slower digesting. Mm-hmm. Um, carbohydrate would be fine. Again, so that's different than the fries at McDonald's? <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> uh, try to avoid the deep frying them and cooking them in grease. But also there, there's something we said about trying to have a more of a natural carb source, something right. that isn't refined sugar or ultra processed, something that's maybe more natural and abundant um, mm-hmm. that you can get from the earth versus something that may have been manufactured in a plant. Yeah. And that's the thing too, you know, we're not trying to preach anything here, but it, it, it does come down to 
there is no reason you can't go on YouTube and look up nutrition. And I don't care if it's keto or if it's, if it's vegan or if it's paleo or if it's, if it's carnivore, I'm kind of a carnivore. I could just live on meat all the time, but you know, that's, that's something that there is no excuse for us not to educate ourselves on nutrition when, you know, we look at the amount of diet diabetics that there are. And I guarantee you a high percentage of the people listening to this either are, or will become diabetic if they don't fix this nutrition thing. And the only reason I want to do this is because I care about everybody that listens to this. And I don't want a majority of those people becoming diabetic because they're not paying attention to what they're eating you know, and it doesn't mean that if I want to have a Twizzlers, I'll have one, but it also doesn't mean that I'm going to eat a bag of Twizzlers every single night either. So, right. I mean, that's kind of what your message is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the the biggest thing to consider too, is you don't have to stick to one particular diet or don't get sucked into any kind of fad diet. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they, all of the diets or all the structured nutrition plans are going to work as long as you allow it to, mm-hmm. to work. So you have to maybe either experiment with the different types of eating habits or nutrition plans or diets, whatever you want to call it, um, and see which one works best for you, which one's most mm-hmm. sustainable. Right. You don't feel you don't want to just jump into, into something headfirst, all out, um, and do something super, super restrictive if you're not used to it, mm-hmm. because a lot of times that, uh, it is just a recipe for disaster and it can cause someone to spiral out of control. I mean, my, myself for being an example, I've, I've done a lot of the different diets or, you know, fad diets and things like that. And I kind of found out what works best for me and what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, to all respect to any, any kind of a nutrition plan out there whatsoever, but they're, they're all fantastic in their own means. Mm-hmm. So you just have to find what works best for you, something that you can adhere to. It's it's a lifestyle adjustment, but mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a lifestyle limitation. Yeah. So just make sure that you can stick to it accordingly. You do give yourself maybe a little bit of a break or an allowance here and there, but mm-hmm. plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Don't let it derail you completely or throw you off of, a, you know, let a holiday or a vacation throw you off for a whole week, a month, a month turns into a year, right? A year turns into five years, right? And you're just starting all over again. Yeah. Well, and that's a good point because these, you know, there's a lot of um, marketing too, whether it's a food company or whether it's uh, a diet or whatever it is. That market company. What's that? Or a supplement company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's trying to sell shit basically is what it comes down to. And it's, so it's, we got to be careful and we get like, I take it exactly what you said. We got to do what works for us. We got to do what's sustainable for us. And then we also need to use some self-control and be disciplined, right? The discipline is a, is a key part, you know, and it is hard. I get it. You wake up in the morning and you see an IHOP commercial on there and those pancakes look damn good, you know, and you feel like you need to eat them, but you need to feel or figure out a way to, to get satiety or to get full on real food. And, and that's, you know, and like you said, that's different for everybody. What is real food to one person is going to be a different kind of food for another person probably too. Yeah, exactly. And, there, and there's a saying that I really like. It's called discipline over motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, day in and day out, we're not, you know, it's it's hard to stay motivated to stick with a certain diet or workout regimen or 
maintenance routine or right. whatever it might be, but you have to be dedicated to taking care of that piece of equipment. You have to be dedicated to take care of yourself, taking care of your family, mm-hmm. um, and and just dedicated to improving all 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 around. Yep, and that's that's great. Um, let's let's move on to sleep for just a minute. Um, I've been wearing one of these, um, Alyssa got me an aura ring so like I can watch my sleep. And now I think I was telling you in the gym the other day, like I, I wake up to, and then I look at the report on my phone to see if I slept good, then I can decide how I feel. (laughs) So, so you gotta be careful on, on, you know, like measuring too much or, or getting too, you know, um, anal retentive on how you're managing that. But I think as, as farmers and as, as entrepreneurs and business people, sometimes we don't um, get enough sleep. Um, any comments on, on that? I think as a society in general, we all lack uh, mm-hmm. the discipline to allow ourselves to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me personally, it's difficult to shut down. I get mm-hmm. very distracted in the morning or in the evening uh, by social media Mm-hmm. TV trying to wind down at the end of the day after yep. a long day, no matter what it is. Um, either way, it's, it's really important. Obviously, we all know that we should get eight hours of sleep, but I think the American average is probably somewhere between four and six. So, Ouch. yeah, so it's it's something that we we can all use uh, some have. There's an opportunity for improvement for mm-hmm. all of us, increasing the quality of sleep um, mm-hmm. and the amount that we sleep. Yeah. Trying to limit electronics usage one to two hours before bed because mm-hmm. the blue that light, blue light yeah, yeah the blue lights is, that's an emitted from it can can disrupt your quality of sleep um you know a lot a lot of the eye doctors offer like blue light um films that go on glasses i have it for myself um and so that's that's another thing that can be very helpful for improving your quality of sleep mm-hmm. too so just uh, overall um doing that so another thing that i feel like uh, that people will do a little bit too much on that effect uh, directly affects your sleep is too much caffeine, mm-hmm. which I'm also guilty of. Yeah. Uh, so but that's different for everybody, isn't it? it? Is. Cause I can drink, I could drink two diet Mountain Dews and go to sleep in uh, like two minutes. I could, I mean, unless it gives me a bad time, I can sleep standing up Yeah. probably. Yeah. So is that, I mean, is that just an individual thing or do you think it's I truly believe it's individual. I mean, I have friends that can't tolerate more than 50 milligrams of caffeine in a day. Oh. And for me, I can get a thousand and be fine. Yeah. And that's, that's not an exaggeration of whatsoever, but every, everyone is a little bit different. I, I mean, there's a good thing to maybe kind of try to consider depending on when your, your bedtime is. But, um, I would say try to limit any kind of caffeine consumption after noon or after lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that might be a little bit difficult to try to get through the, the afternoon slump, um, mm-hmm. that or the so-called something. So those, those three Dr. Peppers that are, <laughs> you know, full of sugar yep. or back to the refined But sugars. Dr. Pepper doesn't have, um, caffeine and I don't think does. I, I probably should have said Pepsi or Coke. I guess I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't, I've never been a Dr. Pepper fan, yeah. but yeah, pe- <laughs> pe- Pepsi, Mountain Dew, you know, the, or like even something that like one of my uncles that used to, that does a lot of farming when I was a kid, I remember he would always have a cooler full of diet Pepsi with him. Uh-huh. And it was my job at what as, you know, by the time I could walk to have to get, climb up in the tractor, climb up the combine and take all the cans out of the, out of the, out of the equipment. And then I could take them back to your dish center and cash. Gotcha. Money. Money making money. I was making money off of it. Yep. But also, I mean, that's, that's just such a terrible habit. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're feeling, I feel like you're dragging, um, and you need caffeine, it might just be a sign from your body. They need more water. They need mm-hmm. hydration. You need mm-hmm. fluid in general. 
So you don't necessarily need to jam more caffeine in your body, which is going to have a direct impact on your, you know, your quality of sleep and things like that. Mm-hmm. Try to just stay hydrated um, and just drink more water in general. Yeah. Um, that leads me, I mean, we're kind of bouncing around between sleep and nutrition here with this question, but you know, water, it's like, you know, well, you need to drink eight glasses. And I did that. I did 75 hard, which listen, I'm going to do a podcast later on this, on that program, but you had to drink a gallon of water for 75 days. My biggest problem with a gallon of water was first of all, I, you know, I was trying to quit not to ever drink water prior to having to drink a gallon a day. So it took me a while to get used to that. And I don't think that was super healthy because I I went from like not drinking any water to drinking a gallon. But then I also noticed that I'd get up and pee in the middle of the night about five times because I was so hydrated. Is there a point where you get too hydrated? Uh, I mean, I would say in in my opinion, no, but I mean, that would be probably more of a question for a medical professional. Well, so it's probably drinking the water too late in the day too, you know, like you said, start shutting and start turning it off three hours before you go to bed. So you get done peeing sooner, I guess. Yeah. That, (laughs) and, and, and I know there are some, and I haven't really looked too closely into this, but there are some studies that show that like, if you are overly hydrated and this is more of an extreme circumstance, but you could start flushing out nutrients. Mm -hmm. Like, well, and that's where the salt comes in. You you know, if you're drinking a gallon of water a day, you probably need to be salting all your food. Mm -hmm. Yep, the salt. So the sodium or the salt is going to bring in more water and fluid into your body and hold it there, right. versus just flush it right out. Right. So, but if you're if you're not getting enough water, a lot of times you get hungry too, and so people eat yep. when they're actually dehydrated. Right. You absolutely. You know that's a huge deal too. Yep, and that's something that's very common. Right. So, or even if you if to try curb hunger cravings, you can just try guzzling some water as well to kind mm-hmm. of suppress that. Exactly. Yep. Uh, hey, that brings me one other thing, and we we were bouncing back. I forgot to ask about um, like intermittent fasting. Uh-huh. You know, that's something. And if if people think that this is crazy, then look it up because it's something that's been interesting for me to study lately. Is is when you know basically. You eat dinner at whatever time, five, six, seven, and then you basically just don't eat again until like noon or whatever. You just basically skip breakfast. And then there's different ways of doing it. You can get up and eat breakfast and eat lunch and then maybe not eat again until breakfast the next day. And, you know, so breakfast is, is basically breaking the fast. That's what breakfast is. And years ago, you know, our grandpas and grandmas used to do three meals a day. Well, now we snack all the freaking time. We just have sh- shit to eat all the time. Always with us. You got a snack. You know, you, we have these meetings and it's like, you got to have snack. You got to have breakfast and then you got to have snacks at 10 o'clock. Everybody's got to have cookies or whatever, you know, and then, and then you have lunch and then you got to have cookies and more, more crap brought in, you know, in the afternoon and chips and all that kind of stuff. And right before we, and then we're going to go to dinner, you know, like you used to hear, you know, don't eat between meals. It'll spoil your your appetite or whatever. I mean, you know, as a, as a bodybuilder, as a weightlifter, I mean, what's your opinion? Is it, is it, do we need six meals a day or are we better off to, to have, a, you know, a fast between those meals? You know, what, which is, what's your opinion on that? I feel like it's 100% dependent on your personal goals mm-hmm. and what works for you. So, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, like intermittent fasting can be phenomenal. And mm-hmm. actually, so I did a pretty elaborate research article on it uh, when I was going to college, actually, for one of my nutrition classes, mm-hmm. um, where I had some great 
people that I interviewed. So, um, and more and more in the sports performance industry. Um, but so basically intermittent fasting, just like what Chris was saying is you, you have a, you set, have a set feeding window basically. So Mm -hmm. let's say for just for example, I wake up at five, 6 AM. I may not eat until maybe 12 o'clock or one. So, mm-hmm. and then I would have this feeding window and on average is about six to eight hours a day. You have this feeding window. So if you start, have your first meal at 12 o'clock, you can eat basically until eight, seven or eight o'clock at night, mm-hmm. or maybe six to eight o'clock at night if it's a six to eight hour win- feeding window. So basically what that's doing is just limiting the amount of calories that you can eat in mm-hmm. that extended period of time. And so for lack of better words, unless you eat like a complete asshole, mm-hmm. um, you're right. probably not going to be able to put in enough calories to exceed the amount of calories that your body needs in a day to gain weight. So basically it's just, it's just limiting the amount of calories that you can eat because you have a limited amount of time to eat in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very, very conducive to weight loss in general, mm-hmm. pairing it up with a, you know, let's say the, the paleo diet or, um, with what you guys do with more, with more keto. The keto side, mm-hmm. I mean, you could definitely see some drastic changes and right. you, you might be able to see some changes fast. Again, it's just really important to remember, make sure it's sustainable. Yeah. Make sure you're not going too extreme. Right. Um, otherwise it's kind of a recipe for disaster again. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, independent f- or uh, intermittent fasting rather um, is, I think is fantastic. I've toyed around with it for a little bit uh, for me. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife could probably attest to that. I do get pretty hangry in the mornings if I if so I. So you're grumpy. Room. Oh man, yeah. I'm grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely, but I mean, I again, me being a competitive bodybuilder, I'm used to eating six meals a day uh, every two and a half to three hours. Mm-hmm. So, but that keeps your insulin level up, though, right? It, and so, you know, we're gonna get to longevity yeah. later on here, and the average person listening to this mm-hmm. probably needs to be keeping their insulin level down, don't yeah. they? Yeah, and and. F- According to my blood test, my insulin levels are fine. As so of that's now. back as to the now. individual. Yeah. As of now. And you're 32 years I'm old. I'm 32. So that, that's as of now. Now, as far as the long-term effects, we don't know. Mm-hmm. So, but I, as far as like from the research I've done in the individuals I've talked to, intermittent fasting is phenomenal for, um, you know, the average gym goer, the average individual that doesn't even go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to a high level athlete, which one of the people that I interviewed for does train professional athletes from football players, baseball players, basketball players, um, they do not recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the body does somewhat require, um, a good, you know, partitioning of nutrients mm-hmm. throughout the whole day to reduce, you know, the possibility of muscle atrophy and mm-hmm. degeneration, things like that. But that's in a high level performing athlete right. that's going to need an excessive amount of calories in a day. Right. Um, there, there are other, there are other natural bodybuilders um, that I've, I've came across in contact with that love intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So, it, and again, just like what Chris and I have been preaching all along is it is all individualized. It's, yeah. it's whatever works best for you. I mean, I say if you if you question if it sounds interesting, try it for a week. Try it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, if if it's something doable, I mean, go it, for it. It, it is the, a great way to to um, calorie restrict though, yes. without without you know, cause for a lot of people, it's not that hard to skip breakfast. No, and you know, cause you wake up not that most people anyway wake up not that much hungry anyway. So if you can get to noon or one o'clock have your first meal and then finish your last meal like you said in that feeding window finish that around six o'clock 
or something, you're going to have a good 16 or 18 hours of fast. And I guess from the research I've done, unless you, you've seen something different, but it, probably the benefit is more so for older people probably, mm-hmm. and especially people who need to lose some lose a few pounds right yeah that and it's it's there's also studies that say how great or how beneficial it is for digestive health too Mm -hmm. if you're not jamming your body full of calories for food all the time it gives the digestive system a break allows it to clean out a little bit right you know you might be more regular with your bowel movements as well right um especially with individuals with uh irritable irritable bowel syndrome too um you know and so it, it the fasting doesn't mean that you can't that you have to restrict absolutely everything you can drink water Mm -hmm. um and coffee you can have black coffee right you're just not supposed to put a bunch of sugary crap in with it no no creamers (laughs) right don't don't do your ghee butter or your butter or anything like that that, right um and things like that but so black coffee um there are some people that might tote the line and add like a a BCA or an EAA product, which are just like amino acids. Mm-hmm. I still think, even though the label says there's no calories in it, the body still processes the artificial sweeteners as it would sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, they still kind of process the amino acids as it would a protein because amino acids are somewhat a kind of a variation of a broken down protein. So mm-hmm. although the label says no calories, it's still going to kind of process it. And so kind of in my opinion, and some people may argue um, I feel like it's kind of taking you out of that fastest state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, and we can come, we can bounce around on that stuff. But one of the things that one of the, the last, towards the last things that I wanted to hit on with you is um, with a lot of our listeners, um, whether they're older or younger, it's, they have kids, they have grandkids, they have family. Um, we farm and we work hard and we're entrepreneurs and we do things in business that we do because of our family and because we want to be around with them. That's why we do what we do, most of us anyway. And so, you know, if we're not taking care of the most important piece of equipment, which is essentially our body, longevity does become an issue. And, it, you know, and so, like I said, I'm turning 56 this year. I think about it, uh, you know, and if that's the the case, I'm, you know, I'm in it for health, right? I want to try to be healthier and I want our clients to be healthier because I, you know, I, I know how easy it is to eat junky, crappy food all the time and not get enough sleep and not exercise because we're quote unquote too busy, which is an excuse. So, you know, that's the, that's the thing that's going to impact our longevity and we won't be around as long as we're going to want to be. Um, any comments on, on the longevity part of it? Yeah. Um, you're going to die. Yeah. We all are right. As simple as that. So do you want to die earlier or do you want to die later? Do you want to spend more time with your family or do you want to leave them in a sense of, or a state of shock, um, disbelief, unprepared, Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of comes down to that. And that, that's something that's kind of even hit me really hard. I don't have a family. I'm just married. Um, but I want to be around for my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't want, I mean, me being a business owner, I don't want her to have take over full responsibilities of my business, mm-hmm. nor would uh, you guys as farmers want someone else to try to take care of, of, of your entire operation. Mm-hmm. Um, you also don't want to leave someone, you know, we, we want to try to put it off or deny, deny and, and say, Oh, it, it'll be fine. It won't happen to me. It's, it's okay. But odds are a lot of us aren't prepared to go right now Mm -hmm. or in 20 years, let alone right now. Mm -hmm. Well, you're never, you're never ready. And you brought something up offline too, 
is like the quality of life too. So like if you eat like crap your whole life, your life's going to be shorter and then you get to the end and you may live an extra five years or 10 years and then, but at what quality? You know, you've got joints that are all screwed up. Your posture's all screwed up. You don't feel that good. You're carrying an extra 50 pounds around. I mean, that's the thing too. You know, it's crazy. You know, this, during the course of the winter, I took 33 pounds off. And the other day I grabbed two, two 15 pound weights and started walking around for a little bit. Just imagine if I was still carrying that. You know, we carry all this extra weight throughout the course of our life that continues to grow for a lot of us, right? And it's like, that's that's impacting longevity too because it's, it's that much harder on joints and all that kind of stuff. Any any other comments on that? Yeah, not just your joints, but your organs too. I mean, right. the, with that excess of body fat or the weight in general, that's more blood that you're your heart has to pump through your body. So it's Mm -hmm. excessive stress on that. And then that, you know, with, with, uh, that excessive stress in your heart, you know, cause it to grow and and enlarge things like that too. So Mm -hmm. it's overall, it's it's not just just, because it grows. Doesn't mean it's healthier, right? It's not healthy (laughs) when when your organs grow. Yeah. No, not, not not at all. So, I mean, and I I was, I was saying to Chris, I mean, you'll see these, these old farmers or the old boys or, or whatever you want to call them. Then they'll, they'll be hopping out of their tractor or their truck at the grocery store and they'll be using the cane or hobbling along. Well, I got a bum hip or I got a bum knee. Right. Um, they're all hunched over, um, from years and years of just strenuous activity, but not just strenuous, but repetitive activity. Mm -hmm. So again, just improving that quality of life, just trying to get up, get moving, no matter if it's light weightlifting, cardiovascular exercise, walking, cycling, Mm -hmm you know, biking, things like that. Just anything you can do to just, just try, try to get moving. Yeah. Walking is probably like said, probably about the best thing for a lot of people. But, yeah. um, what about what, one thing we didn't hit on in the nutrition? I keep coming back to that one. I, I still think that's 80% of the battle though. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, I t- said, I have this like aura ring where I'm like tracking my sleep and, um, I've noticed, um, when, if I drink alcohol, and then I look at like my deep sleep because you have deep sleep and you have REM. What's the other one? There's, there's like three different levels of it. The deep sleep is the, is the biggest and most reparative. That's when you're repairing your body's like fixing muscle and fixing the, the breakdown stuff. And I don't get hardly any of that when I've had some alcohol. And that's one thing that when I do some research on that, that's kind of the case for all of us. You know, and I'm not saying, well, don't drink alcohol because I'm going to have a beer once in a while or whatever, have a couple of them. But it's like, at least be aware of that, you know, because I was, you know, it, it was pretty common for me a year, a couple of years ago to have two or three every single night. Well, that really starts screwing with your sleep and you don't even know it. Yeah, absolutely. And aside from just repairing your body and getting good quality sleep, it kind of detox, detoxes your brain as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the REM sleep does. Right. So the less you detox your brain, the more stress you you could you know produce and things like that. The less rest, the more restless you are at night, mm-hmm. um, and just more even more how how much you can just change your overall attitude, mm-hmm. um, and how you present yourself. You can be a lot. I mean, we all know the importance of sleep. 
as we've already discussed, but lack of sleep or lack of even REM sleep um, can make you more irritable, less cognitively aware. Mm-hmm. Um, it could just overall affect your quality of life, but your performance uh, mm-hmm. in, in your day-to-day operations and tasks. Yeah. And like you said, I think everybody is different, but you know, my, my nightly routine um, not too long ago was um, right before I go to bed, I'd have about six um, Twizzlers um, you know, I'd pull them up, I'd have those, and then I'd have some ice cream and some popcorn or something. And then I felt like I could sleep good because I, I had a full stomach, you know, and then you start monitoring that stuff, you know, like with an aura ring or whatever, and looking at your sleep and it's like, well, maybe, maybe what I thought is not right, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, we can rationalize anything in our minds. It's like, well, this isn't bothering me too much. And, you know, I'm not gonna do that shit. Screw that, you know? And it's, and then when you realize, you know, start monitoring stuff or, you know, I always tell people that in business, it's like, you know, you can't fix what you don't measure, you know, you can't change what you don't measure. And so I think a lot of times, you know, it's, it's just like you at the gym, I'm pretty sure you probably know how much you lift in certain exercises and you pay attention, right? I do. I track it. Yeah. So if you don't, but if you don't track it, how do you know what your gains are? Uh, you guess. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's kind of really the point, but yeah. But, you know, and, and I don't know, I think we've covered a lot of stuff. Is there anything, you know, as an observation, as a gym owner, as somebody that sees a lot of people at different health levels and different things that, that you would, you know, tell these listeners as we wrap up to, to pay attention to or think through? There's, there's a lot I could say, but two things I would kind of try to simplify it down to. Um, for one thing, don't overcomplicate it. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing I see people try to do when they come into the gym and specifically they're like, all right, I need to get my, my membership. I need to get all the supplements. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like just slow it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're starting your routine, get used to it, do the, you know, just stick with the basics, just make it very easy for you, very regimented. So it's, it's easy for you to adhere to, um, so if you're, it's easy for you to hear too, that's where you can get the most success. Um, number two is there's a lot of information on the internet. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's fantastic. A lot of it's not fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just again, stick with things tried and true, credible sources. You know, you don't want to go on Joe Schmo's blog or YouTube channel that has like two views on it and just try to do their, their crash diet plan and, and this mm-hmm. and that super restrictive calories or whatever it is. Cause I mean, food is fuel. So yeah, definitely just try to try to simplify it and try to base every, anything that you do, any research that you do off of credible sources that, you know, you can find on journal of medicine research articles on and things like that on there and have mm-hmm. fairly easy. So awesome. That sounds good. Well, is there any, anything else I that we need to hit on? I think so we hit on, you know, kind of safety and paying attention to, you know, what you do or what we all do. Um, you know, we hit on sleep and controlled exercise and longevity and the why behind all that. And I think the other big thing is just understanding that the nutrition is 80% of the battle. What we put in our mouth is, is the biggest part because some people are listening to this. Like, I'm, I'm not going to the gym. So, you know, but back to your, you know, go for a walk, stretch, you know, do some push-ups in the, in the living room in the morning or at night or whatever, or sit on an exercise ball when you watch TV instead of laying flat on the couch maybe or something like yeah. that. Or even, you know, 
if you're sitting in your equipment for an extended period of time, either, either at planting season, harvest or whatnot, try to try to stop frequently, get out, stretch your legs, mm-hmm. walk around, get a little bit of activity. You'll if you drink a gallon of water every day, you, you got to get out and pee all the time. So yeah, you, you have to go. Yeah. So stop in the middle of the field to water it. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, not only will, you know, maybe you'll have to get out and use the restroom, but not, not only will that make you feel better, it'll probably make you more alert. Um, you probably right. won't be as tired if you're up moving and allow yourself to walk around, move around a little bit. Right. It'll also probably make it so you're not sore. Mm-hmm. So the more you move your joints, you know, if you allow your joints to get stiff and sore, they're going to stay stiff and sore. If yeah. you, Oh, you get inflammation and yes. it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Chris, uh, Chris Dunn, the owner and entrepreneur of Iowa Strength, eight-year owner of the gym. Congratulations on the success so far, and I look forward to watching you grow the business more and more, and thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Again, everybody, um, hopefully you um, – got something out of this we want you to to get some value and and to uh take care of that most important piece of equipment on the farm which is you so with that everybody thanks for listening we'll catch you again next time on the egg view pitch (laughs) 